listeners, it's Monica. I am back and bringing you a solo episode of Imposter. And it has been a while since we last dropped some content. And it might be a while until we drop some more. Uh, There's a lot going on. uh, And it has been been a difficult time uh, for many, many reasons, Um, and I'm not going to go into all of them right now uh, because I do have a lovely guest uh, and I want to get to our conversation, Uh, but in case you didn't already know, our girl Taylor started a new job. This is not part of the bad stuff. This is actually good stuff. Taylor started a new job. She's at Apple. She's settling in. She's doing great. Uh, and I am taking over this episode because I went actually back to Headspace for an event, uh, like two or three weeks ago and, uh, reconnected with a former coworker, Swapna Savant, who is a director of engineering there. And on top of that, she also has just uh, founded her own organization called Adapt Up. We'll dive into a little more about what they do, empowering people to step into new roles and really level up in their careers. And I got to be honest, at the beginning of our conversation, I was not even aware of this. So you'll sort of hear me gather awareness as she mentions adapt up and have the realization of oh my gosh this is huge i want to spend more time talking about this before we get into all the other uh questions i'd pose because she has amazing insights about so many other things uh to do with both engineering management and just general managing of your time as you develop more in your career as an IC as well. Uh, usually I'm, I'm pretty good about doing my research. I thought I was pretty good this time, but it caught me by surprise and that is, that's life, you know? So uh, before I stumble over my words anymore in this intro, let's get into the convo. Swapna Savant is an engineering leader at Headspace Health and currently leading the engineering teams responsible for expanding the platform capabilities for Fortune 500 companies and enterprise partners. She has 15 plus years of industry experience in building large scale systems and high performing teams. She started her career with multinational companies and later decided to move to startups to feed her creative mind and have a significant impact on the success of the business. She is highly passionate about helping professionals adapt to their new roles. With that in mind, she recently started and is a founder of Adapt Up, a community that helps people step into new roles. And I can't wait to talk about that too. Hi, Swapna. Hi, Monica. It's wonderful to be here. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. We've um, this is the first episode that we've uh, recorded in a while, and it's it's just you and me. Taylor wasn't able to make it, so uh, I'm really excited. I feel like this is um, definitely high time to bring uh, imposter back. There's been a lot that's happened, I think, in everyone's lives since uh, since March. So. Um, We'll get to that a bit later. Uh, let's start with just a quick background about you um, and you know your career leading up 
to your current role at Headspace. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so first of all, Monica, thank you for having me here. And I'm really yes. like, I have been following uh, Imposter and it's really great to be a part of this uh, podcast in particular. Um, talking a little bit about my career, uh, I came here to do my master's. I am an immigrant. So like from India, I had two choices when it comes to career, either to be an engineer or a doctor. I chose engineering did my master's here and soon realized that if I really have to get my creative juices going, then I want to join startups because I really love to wear multiple hats. And that's how I got into my startup journey. Joined a couple of startups which either got acquired or got merged with the different companies. Later, I realized that if I really want to grow in my career and build a career of my own, then I really have to connect with the mission which is really true to me and true to what my passions are. That's how I got introduced to Headspace. And that's how I am now uh, Director of Engineering in Headspace, uh, leading the enterprise and healthcare channels for them. When I started growing into management uh, levels, like from manager to senior manager to a director, I realized most of these stepping stones where I achieved them with minimum or no training to that role. And then I was fascinated to hear the same thing from my other peers and colleagues. And that's how Adaptive came into picture. Adaptive is a community where we help people to step into their new role or just we help people to network with each other. Amazing. I want to linger here for a little bit because I just became aware of this reading your bio right now. And I and I think it's so cool. Um, and especially with like how it plays into imposter syndrome. Obviously that's can be a huge catalyst for feelings of self-doubt when you're asked to step into a new role. Um, it makes me wonder teeing up this question, if that is something that you yourself have felt before. Oh, always. I think, <laughs> I think imposter syndrome, I personally feel that that's a mindset. Mm-hmm. I started my career or started my journey thinking that I want to prove myself to the entire organization, entire engineering organization at least, where everybody will understand my potential, will understand what I can bring on the table before I even ask for promotion or ask for raise. And I always felt that that was the way to go about it because because you have so many engineers or you have so many team members who have more experience than you or who also are like really good in what they do. And I always used to feel that there is something lacking in me. So I always had that that journey around, you know, first prove yourself and then figure out what what you can ask for. So that mindset, I still deal with it. It's not that I don't, but that is a mindset which I always question myself for it. And I try to understand what are the steps that I need to take to actually move into those new roles. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that you still feel it because I still feel it too. And a lot of times people will ask me, when did you, how did you get over your imposter syndrome? When did you, and I, and I didn't, it's, it's with me, it's by my side every day. However, I've grown my like tool set in terms of what I can use to uh, clap back at those negative thoughts uh, when they when they rise up, and how I can 
use, you know, history and, and logic and point to examples that sort of neutralize everything. Um, so, so with AdaptUp, are you, are you helping people who have already stepped into new roles and helping them acclimatize? Or are you helping people maybe advocate for themselves, put themselves up for promotion? Yeah. So in AdaptUp, uh, we are doing both, I would say, because the first, the first immediate response that I have had when I moved to management or when I moved to like different roles was, how can I even do it? Then the second thing that comes to your mind, or at least came to my mind, was um, fake it till you make it because you don't have uh, the training and you feel that everybody knows what they are doing but you. So you try to fake it or you try to learn things or you try to figure out things as you go. The passion and the desire that you have to achieve and to make sure that you are putting your best foot forward is so immensely huge that you will do anything to make sure that the new role that you have got is successful. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can ask for help. You can learn from each other and you can understand what are the things that, what are the tools or what are the uh, toolkits that you really need to learn and to grow in that new role. The second step to adaptive is also that I personally always believe that somebody is living your future right now. So if, for, for instance, if I want to become a CTO, there are so many CTOs out there who must have had the almost same journey as I have. So if I can connect myself with them, then I actually could try to understand how their journey went through. So in Adaptive, we also try to build an advisory board for you so that you can actually connect with people who are actually living your future or have worked with team members who are, have lived your future. That's amazing. And, and where are you? You've founded this and are you already accepting people into the program? Are you still developing the program? Have people graduated from the program? Yes. Um, what, is the, what is the framework that you use both to kind of get the word out and, and attract people and then support uh, through this journey. Yeah. So we do have a website, adaptive.org. Mm-hmm. And we do have currently also a newsletter for Adaptive. There are many members who have been part of this Adaptive and who are like working with each other. The very first step that we have started doing is generating workshops. These workshops are basically facilitated by leadership coaches. For example, last week we actually did a workshop on DNI because that was like I realized one aspect when I was talking to all my team, all the members of Adaptive, that nobody really understood what was I in DNI because we talk about diversity, but what exactly is inclusion? And Monica, we ourselves have talked about it in, in extent. So we did a workshop about DNI last week. And then we also have some workshops about um, one which is uh, which has been going to be facilitated by Gita, Gita Rader, who is a leadership coach. And she talks about what got you here will won't get you there because she talks about what is needed for management. So those are the workshops that we have already started and we have it open for adapter and we are now actually thinking of opening it up beyond. 
So once that actually workshops get, people get attracted to this workshop and give us feedback as much as possible, then we are actually, the second step we are planning to do is actually have a program that people will be able to graduate from. That's awesome. Um, uh, I love that you're doing that. I, I feel like I just fired off a bunch of questions that weren't even on my <laughs> original doc because I wanted to cover that. Um, so I might sort of like shift things uh, mm -hmm. around later. But I also, obviously, I was as I do before I interview someone, I stalk their LinkedIn um, profile a bit. And you write some really great and insightful articles that you post up there. And I think one of your earliest ones, because uh, you were on trend before it was cool, was about imposter syndrome. I think it was back from like 2019. And, you know, you wrote an article basically about how a conversation with your VP at the time shifted your perspective about you and about your role. Um, could you recap that and really like how it changed your career course as a result? Yeah, uh, and, and you're right. That was the very first article that I wrote. And that conversation also gave me the, the necessary, what do, you, what do you say, the necessary um, motivation to actually even put myself out there and write that first blog. Uh, it was a conversation with my VP uh, in Antello. And I used to have this like monthly one-on-ones with him where I, we, we used to talk a lot about the technology and the what are the new um, technology or technology architecture that we should be putting in place for Intello to grow. Um, I personally, earlier on, used to move to companies where I can pioneer technologies. I used to love doing that because I always used to feel that that is something that really defines me as an engineer. And when I was talking, having this conversation with this VP and I told him about, you know, introducing Golang and how it is going to be faster and better for growth hacking projects, because we really don't have time, we really don't want to spend much time to, you know, build the entire infrastructure and get it in place to scale our projects. He, he heard me and he was like, do whatever you want to, I trust you. And I, it, that made me feel better. Because I was like, okay, so the VP of engineering trusts me. That's a great thing that I have proved myself. But later on, he continued and he said, all of this is great. But what are you expecting from this to happen? Because you keep on doing the same thing in all your, in your journey. You have been doing this for a very long time. And I was like, that kind of took me a little bit. I was taken back because I didn't have an answer to that question. And I gave him an answer after that. And it was my typical interview question answer. Like, what are you looking for the future? And I gave him a very elaborated answer. And he's like, I don't want an interview answer. What exactly you want to do in your career? And that's when I told him that I really want to gain respect of all my engineers so that I can step into a management role. And he was like, who here you think do not respect you as an engineer? Let's talk about that. And I didn't have an answer. To that and that's when he kind of told me that it is always going to happen that there will be somebody else who might know more than you but you need to be comfortable with that and move on and then he started introducing me to different stakeholders and started giving me so many uncomfortable projects where it was not just about engineering it was all about 
gaining trust of all the stakeholders, making sure everybody is aligned. And then I moved into management. And then I started liking it. So I realized that my entire career journey, the, the way I was looking into my journey was a bit single dimensional is what I would say. And he just made it, opened it up to multi-dimensions. So that was a few years ago. Would you say that anything about your perspective on imposter syndrome has changed or expanded at all since that happened and since you wrote that article and since you've ultimately become a director of engineering? Yes, definitely it has changed. I Earlier on, I always used to feel that imposter syndrome is something that I am going through and I need to work myself out of it. Mm-hmm. But now I have come to a realization that everybody goes through it and everybody has it in some way or form. It really depends upon how much you are aware of it and how much you are ready to work on it. So I really don't try to challenge my imposter syndrome anymore. I just try to do the best I can. The second aspect to that also is I always used to try, I always used to get inspired by somebody and try to be that person or try to do things that that person has done so that I can grow in my career. But now I'm more about trying, just trying to be a better version of myself. So that way it kind of, takes a load off of me because I'm more like, I'm just better than what I was maybe a couple of months back. And then I keep growing that way. Yeah. That's really, really sound, uh, sound advice. Um, Another thing that I know comes up a lot for managers and that you've written and directors and uh, anyone in a leadership position and that you've written another post about is delegating responsibility. Um, And I want to spend some time here because it's, I'm not a manager, but even as an individual contributor, I sometimes have to, you know, my bandwidth is tapped and I can either, you know, raise a white flag and, you know, choose to offload some of the responsibility um, or I can lie to myself and try and, uh, do everything. And that usually has, you know, catastrophic returns. Um, so you wrote another, uh, another really good post about delegation, which I read a couple of times. Um, and, and I wanted to talk to you about what would you say are like the main consequences of not delegating tasks to your team? Yeah. So first of all, Monica, never lie to yourself. Never take too much work. It never works. Yeah. It never work. Uh, regarding delegation, right? Um, so the question you had more around was, how do I decide what to, what should get delegated? Um, I'll first talk about what should not get delegated, right? So the things that would really help you keep a tap on your team should not get delegated. For example, you should never delegate your one-on-ones. You should always have your one-on-ones with everyone. You should have your skip levels. Any organization, if they don't have skip levels, I personally feel that there is something, there is a culture that needs to be changed or altered or modified in that aspect. And you should never delegate things that will help you understand your stakeholders' sentiments towards the product 
towards engineering also because you need to understand how engineering is portrayed in front of the rest of the org. So those are the things which will really help you in your job should not get delegated. Now, the things that get delegated, it's usually those are the things I try to identify them through my one-on-ones because I really need to understand what my team members are really excited about. I always talk to my managers and I ask them, what is that thing that I am doing that you would like to do? And I just delegated to them because this is something that one of my leadership coach had explained to me that, and here, I'm, I'm not trying to put anybody in a bucket, but historically, this has been seen that men, whenever there are tasks that are given to them, uh, let's talk about women first. Women, when they, if, if you give them a tray, they will keep on adding tasks. But they will never remove the task because they are like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm also going to do this. I'm going to help the company by doing this. I'm going to help my team members by doing this and this. And then your tray is full. So now if your manager comes to you and sees your tray as full, they will be like, okay, Monica doesn't have time. I'm not going to give her anything else, anything exciting because she has a lot to do. Whereas men, the moment you give them the task, the first question they ask is, can I delegate it? The very first question. And if they can, if there is somebody else who is interested, they will just delegate it. Now, for a manager, this person has time and bandwidth, so let's give them more tasks. And in this case, let's give them more scope. And then they get what they need, whereas women stay behind. So those are the things that I have started being very mindful about. And the moment I I never let my plate full, but at the same time, I will always ask people if there is anything they would like to do, which I'm doing, and I will delegate it as much as possible. And so when you when you do delegate something, this is something else that I struggle with because, you know, probably anxiety and underlying control issues, which I could do a whole other episode on that. Um, but how how do you request from your team, like status updates about a project or a task that you've delegated without, without micromanaging, without bringing that sort of like claustrophobic energy into the conversation. Oh, tell me about it. This is something I struggled to, Monica. But one thing that has helped me, and maybe uh, if you're not doing this already, this might help you also, is I always delegate with a timeline. And I always have a one-on-one document with my uh, direct reports where those timelines and those delegation, the, the work that is delegated is on the top, uh, in the top section of the document. And I always try to, I don't just rely on one-on-ones. I also encourage people to do ERSIC conversations with me. So I always tell them, if you're blocked, I need to know that you're blocked after 30 minutes, at least after 30 minutes that you're blocked. I know you're working on it. I'm sure you're going to get uh, get it done, but I need to know that you are blocked so that if there is anything that I can do to unblock you, I want to do it right away. So you will see my direct reports actually having that block on their one-on-ones and then actually having us in conversations with me saying that this is what I'm blocked with because I have to wait for platform team to do something and then I'll be like okay do you want me to jump in if not I'll just wait that kind of eases my anxiety 
And I'm very candid with my direct reports. I always tell them that this is something I'm working on. So help me, help me ease my anxiety so that I don't micro micromanage you. So that's yeah. It helps also, I think, if you're upfront in the beginning, right, and say, you know, as as opposed to you checking in with them after 30 minutes without first setting the expectation of, hey, please let me know if you're blocked after 30 minutes. If you do that, it doesn't come as a surprise, right? If you're just like, hey, haven't heard from you in a while, assuming assume everything's yes going exactly. okay. Yes. Yeah. And, and you will be very surprised at how much events you become vulnerable and you become very direct and authentic about what you are working on. Your direct reports are actually really uh, willing to help you with your with your pain points also. Yeah, um, really glad that you brought up uh, the notion of being direct and, and authentic and vulnerable because where I really wanted to spend uh, most of this conversation was um, a, a focus area that I put in our shared doc called managing during the end times. And, and I think that, you know, in the past couple of years, you've been managing a team, now directing a team uh, during a global pandemic, during violent acts of racism and shootings, and now uh, a very sudden loss of women's constitutional right. And uh, personally, I find it hard enough to navigate just being a human uh, and, and getting my own work done. So I, I really wanted to dive in um, about how you navigate being a manager, a director in a position of leadership and, and showing up for your team when so much feels uncertain and unstable and just generally like upside down? Oh, I mean, the, the, the times that we are living in, I, I don't even have, I don't even have words to actually put forth like what exactly is even going on in this world right now. Every time there is something new, Every time there is something that is happening, I sometimes I avoid even looking at news channel, but thanks to social media, you cannot avoid anything anymore. Yeah. So you're actually right in that, Monica. And it has been challenging for me too. The way I have dealt with it so far is by being very honest with what I'm going through. Uh, specifically, there are a few events that happened which really hit me hard. And hit me at a, at, a, at a level that I couldn't even, I couldn't even justify my own being in this world. And I was going through some hard times in that, that, that area. I actually literally did what I felt is right for myself at that point. And it's better to do a self-care than then go in front of meetings or then go in front of uh, team members or anyone and show your frustration and maybe do something which you would regret later on. So there are, have been times where I have, I have not taken meetings, but I have just worked because work focus make, could distract me. Um, now to this week, actually, I've taken a week off just because I felt that it has been, I, I was waiting for pandemic to end to take yeah. a longer vacation. Yeah. And I don't think so it is going anywhere. And at the same time, pandemic, global pandemic is now also, it's like the kind of an extension to global pandemic is this whole another era that we are living with, 
where there are shootings, where our women rights are in question. So I just, I, I feel that I need some time for myself. And that's the reason what I, this week I did was, I'm still local, but I just decided I'm going to have time for myself. I, I still want my family to continue doing what they do. So it's like my husband is still going to work. We are not going anywhere else. My dog still has a dog walker. So I'm not going to take care of that either. I'm just going to take some time for myself and do nothing because that might actually help me and my mental health. Yeah. And I, and I think that's really amazing that you're doing that. And, and you mentioned before, this is the first time yes. that you've ever taken. Well, actually question, is this your first vacation that you've taken since the onset of the pandemic? Yes. The, wow. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I So I, pre-pandemic, right, I always mm-hmm. used to have two vacations. I used to have a vacation during May and then yeah. during October timeframe. And we used to go outside the country. Yeah. And the reason behind it is because I am addicted to Slack. I am. Mm-hmm. And the only way for me to disconnect was just to moving out to a place where I will not be able to, it will be harder for me to even connect with others. And then pandemic happened. And I always felt that, oh, I don't know whether Monica, we talked about it or not. I always used to feel that it is going to go away in a couple of months. And I'll take my grand three weeks vacation or something and go somewhere. But that never happened. And then my vacations were just like a couple of days here and there going to Tahoe or going to Sonoma or doing something like that. So it has been difficult for me, for me to come to a realization that this is the new world or this is the new life that we all are living in. And I just have to now figure out how how to live in this life. That for me, it took a while, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, and so this is this is the vacation, as you said, you're staying home. It's a staycation. Yes. Uh, you're not, you know, you're not in the middle of like a move or any other big like life admin situation how does that feel how does that feel to just to just hang out like do you still feel um do you still find your brain when you wake up in the morning trying to create a to-do list of all of the things that you want to get done to to like check off the tasks um i would say it happened to me uh for two days Mm-hmm. that I was into this but after that now like today was like a really good day for me because I just I did nothing I did not even try to create a to-do list for me I went out for lunch by myself so it was nice and the weather is really good in a set so I am slowly and I think it is also because I have realized that there is never a good time anymore to take vacation so I'm just like I have really good teams who are who are just like managing so I'm just like trying to avoid, and it is hard. I wouldn't say it is not hard to stay away from Slack. I would no. be lying. You're right. I would be lying if I say that I'm not checking Slack. I am checking Slack, but at the same time, yeah, it will be fine. I know it will be fine. Do you think you could go one day like tomorrow without checking it at all? No, I'm addicted. <laughs> I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Yes, that will take another 
like I, I think there should be like a rehab or something for even Slack and social media now. You could you could build that into the adapt up curriculum. There you go. Yes, yeah. maybe like just delete your app from mobile. Yeah. In order to adapt up, you have to let go of mm-hmm. of some things and certain habits. Yeah, I feel like I I too have done a few taken like a few days off here and there to just do nothing. And I've realized that I'm very, very bad at doing nothing. Like my, I feel like it takes me in like into any vacation. I feel like it takes me a couple of days just for my mind to settle enough into the vacation and to stop thinking about work and to stop thinking about, Oh, did I do this? Did I do this? Um, And to get into more of, the space of, you know, just kind of like relaxing and observing and, and letting things happen. But then usually once I get there, I have to go back to work like the next day. Um, so I'm very happy to hear that you are finding and taking that space yourself, especially right now. I think it's really important to, like you said, prioritize treating yourself and making space for yourself in very tumultuous times so that you can then go back and show up for your team as a leader. And and what you said, Monica, I also usually used to go through that. But I think now in this time that we are in, it, it just became very easy for me. I don't know why. I think it's just that I just wanted, I took those days out and I just was like, okay, this is it. I'm just going to take some time for myself. Yeah. Yes, I can never let go of Slack, but that's still going to be there. But yeah, I'll work on that. Yeah. What I love about it is that you're just, you, you're going into it without, without any expectations. I feel like that's usually where I fall is that even, you know, whether it's like a day or an hour, my brain immediately generates a, a lit, like a task or several tasks that's like, great. Like we've, we found this like time off, like here's all the ways that you can spend it. Um, which is hard. Cause usually like, sometimes I literally just want to spend it like sitting and staring out a window. You should do that. And, and you're right. And then you need a vacation to get over the vacation. Because yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any last like uh, quick parting thoughts on, you know, how someone could still implement like taking time for themselves and and this self-care if they can't just like take uh you know a week off yeah I mean this is something that I have been reading a lot lately and it is like when you're whatever you do right for yourself if you're going for a run or if you're going for exercise or whatever or a walk try to keep your phone and everything at home and just try to do that run by looking at the things around you, looking at whatever it is, looking at the cars around you, looking at whatever, the trees around you, that really helps you to disconnect from everything. One of the major things to help at this time is just to be at, in present. And that's what I'm trying to do, just be at present and try try not to think what happened in the past, try not to think about your future because we don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I love closing with that. Zoom is literally going to kick us off and I don't know how many seconds because the timer disappeared, which is terrifying for me needing to always know and and control everything in my surroundings. Um, 
but thank you. Thank you so much, Swapna. Um, I love getting the chance to talk to you. I can't wait to see all the amazing things that you do with Adapt Up. I will be sure to link uh, the website in the notes to this episode for everyone who's interested. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Monica. It was wonderful to be here. Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.